beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Nubia. And I'm Francis. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. Today, we want to introduce you guys to a phenomenal woman that we have been able to cross paths with. Her name is Takesha Harvey. She is a brand and marketing strategist of TakeshaHarvey.com, where she connects people to possibilities. Takesha, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, ladies. Thank you, Takesha. We're so excited to chat with you. Me too. I love you guys. (laughs) Girl, we love you too. We talk about you all the time. (laughs) Seriously, like, why didn't we meet her before? This, any other. But you know what? Everything happens the way it's supposed to. And everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. Yeah. And I want to jump into this wonderful blog that you have called How I Quit My Job and Became My Own Boss. Part one, two, and three. Yeah. Now that's amazing. Listen, we're going to get deep with you guys. (laughs) I mean, after we go through this entire blog post, if this is something that you have been contemplating on doing, no excuse after this is done, especially we're going to hear a little bit about Takesha's story and a few. And so, yeah. Yeah. So give us a little bit about that look before you leap. So, you know, I've worked in the corporate world for, I guess at this point, it had been like 16 years. And I just was coming to a point where I, I just knew it was not for me any longer. I, I hear a lot of people quitting their jobs these days and they may have worked like five years. It took me a lot longer to get to that point. And mostly because I just was, I didn't think I knew what I wanted to do next. And I just got to a place where, you know, I was making really good money. I had all the things, you know, but I found that I still was not really happy. And so I talked to a finance director in my job and he was like, I was like, I just want to take a break. I just want to like not work for a year. And he was like, well, how much money do you need? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and he was like, well, figure out how much you need, how much money you need for a month to live and multiply that by how many months you want to take off and then just start saving. And then when you hit that number, just quit. And it seemed like the most simple logic and advice that, and I was like, why hadn't I thought of this instead of just. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, that sounds, that's so, so- Reasonable and simple. Okay. I don't know. Makes sense. That's a good place to start. Yeah. Even if you didn't want to move or travel, like that just makes sense for anything in life. Yes. And a lot of times people would say, you see that I did that. And I was like, okay, wow, this number is actually pretty big because I wanted to still maintain my certain lifestyle. Like I didn't want to be struggling and saying, oh, I can only afford $5 a day to eat. I wanted to maintain my same lifestyle. So I budgeted, I think at that time I budgeted maybe like three or $4,000 a month is what I needed. Dang. But also, where were you going, Japan? <laughs> I know. I was like, I think you don't need none of that for Thailand. No, girl. right, right. <laughs> I, hadn't even, I hadn't even considered leaving the country at that moment. I was still doing it based on staying in the U.S., but I also did that budget based on essentially eliminating all my debt. So that number was essentially just paying for like kind of like my day-to-day expenses. I had eighty thousand dollars in school loans from getting my master's degree, and, and you know I had like a car loan. I did have a house at one point, but I ended up selling that. But once I eliminated my school loans, it was, you know, my 
day to day, how much you need to live on a day to day basis wasn't, you know, I didn't have a lot of other, I didn't have credit card debt, not a lot. And so I basically just started saving. I just, with that mindset, I just was like, okay, do I really need these pair of shoes or do I want to quit my job? So I just stopped buying ancillary things and I'm a product junkie. So going to the drugstore and trying the newest, you know, lotions and potions, I was like, okay, this has got to stop. <laughs> You know, that is we all have our thing. Me. I think everybody would walk into Walmart like I'm going for you know soap, and you come out with a cart, yeah, with like five bags. Quick sidebar: if you ever come to our home, we have two bathrooms. Okay. <laughs> You know which bathroom is mine and which is hers. There's absolutely nothing in my bathroom. Hers, the entire counter is just, anyway. I love stuff like what you're talking about. I walk into stores, I'd be like, oh, that's cute. I'll buy the little Vaseline just because it's cute and small. Yes, I, they get me I every get, time. I, I buy tons of shit. But that all stuff adds up. And, you know, once I started eliminating that, the thing that I didn't eliminate as much was like, I love to eat out. I like food. I like good drinks. And I like, you know, the whole experience of eating out. So I- A woman of my own heart. <laughs> That's why, why, that's why we connected with you that day. Yeah. We all <laughs> greedy girl problems. I'm trying to tell you. That's the crew. Yeah. So, but I was like, okay, I will just cook during the week. And so I gave myself like Thursday to Sunday. I'm eating out. But again, once I start buying clothes, and I worked in fashion before. And so I had, you know, at the time I worked in luxury retail. I worked for Ralph Lauren. I worked for Coach. Like your brand was part of you had to wear all the, the nice things, New York City. So I had a lot of really nice things. And then when I moved to Ohio, not the fashion capital, I was like, I literally don't need to buy clothes because everything I have is already doing too much for Ohio. So I was like, that helped me a lot in terms of like. <laughs> That's how we feel about Thailand. When I was in Japan, I was like, damn, I'm a little scrubby. I got to like, yeah. I got to change it up. You're still and, scrubby. <laughs> you, see what I'm, you see what I'm dealing with? You see what? I just wanted to let her know just to remind wow. her. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll keep it moving. So my bad. <laughs> you set yourself up for that one. Yeah, you always shut your mouth. Okay, okay, moving on. <laughs> you guys this is so funny. So yeah, so once you have your budget, once I figured that out and I started saving, I basically just, you know, I had a time limit. I It took me like three years to save the amount of money to quit. And people would say like, okay, wow. you want to save, I think it was like $50,000. Like that was that's the number. Discipline. And Keisha, that's no, discipline. I wanted, I wanted my freedom. And I was like, literally, that's awesome. literally the day, like the, it was like a couple months before I like hit my target. And I literally was like, oh my God, I had named my fund, my freedom fund. Because I think if you name what the put a reason to why you're saving, it helps you be more accountable. And I literally felt like, oh my God, did I just buy my freedom like the slaves did? Like I literally bought my freedom. And I had this moment. <laughs> it was like crazy. It was like, oh my goodness. And because I was quitting and I was leaving, like I quit my job on July 28th, 2017. And the movers came on like that was a Friday. The movers came on Monday and I was out. And then like wow. four weeks later, I left the country. I was like, I'm going to Africa. And I, you know, that's when I started my travel journey. But like having that timeline and having that time limit helped me to kind of just stay focused on like quitting and people would say that's such a large number it's gonna take so long well it took me three years if I wasn't saving for three years I would still be working for three years like what's the difference if it takes three years four years five years at least if you're not saving and that you're still working and in that same situation so you might as well be working towards a goal and then it'll happen it literally will happen yeah but the thing I love about that right there which I think we need to really harp on is the fact that it's not instant gratification right it's work yeah. like you 
allowed yourself the time that you needed to get to that number. I think the problem with the Western state of mind is that we're like, yeah, we want like 10,000 or 20,000 and we want it tomorrow. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody really takes the time out to think that they can really meet and master those goals because they're thinking they can't do it in a year. You don't have to do it in a year. Right. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. I think what happens is we're so, we want the results. Yes. We want the outcome. That's what I mean. We don't want the process. Right now. You know? Nobody wants the process. Yeah. The instant or gratification. The That's what it's called. Yeah. It's yeah. like, allow yourself the time. Like if you gave yourself a goal and maybe do the reverse of what your friend said, right? It's like, start with a goal, say $20,000 and divide that by a number of weeks or years or months and see how much you would have to actually save. Because if I went backwards mm-hmm. after being in D.C and doing that brunch culture, I was spending, <laughs> you know, 50 to 100 on I was like brunch. Easy. Those drinks, the drinks. Easy. <laughs> easy. A couple of hours. If I did not go to brunch every other weekend, that would have gave me an extra yeah. 100 or 200 a month yeah. just to put into a travel fund. Yeah. You get more mindful. Yeah. You, if you sit down and just think about $20 that you spent on something that you'll never get back, that you're not even like... The savings is there. It's definitely there. Yeah. Savings there and when you have a purpose for it it makes it easier. easier it's a lot easier than just saying oh i'm just saving twenty dollars a week or i'm just saving fifty dollars a week but if you're saying i'm saving twenty dollars a week towards going on this vacation it makes it a lot more tangible that makes it a lot more real and it makes it a lot easier to do it you know so i'm a big fan of applying goals to your money and you were saying like the instant gratification yeah things take time and there's so much learning in that process i wouldn't even call it sacrificing because i wasn't i still was living a good life because i wanted to make sure that I wasn't putting myself in a position where I was miserable at work and then I'm miserable in my personal life because I can't do anything because I'm saving for the future. We live now. We live today. I would always be like, you know, you never know. You get hit by a bus. But I was mindful of, I just limited going to the drugstore and buying, you know, unnecessary things or going to Nordstrom Rack and buying yet another pair of shoes that I, you know, <laughs> those things just didn't have the same level of Importance, yeah. happiness. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I wanted to actually talk a little bit about trial runs. Can you explain that a little bit? I find yeah, that really interesting. So, so one thing is like you, and I don't think people realize that when you're like in a, your corporate routine, or even if it's not corporate, you're just like day to day life, you, it's very comfortable. It's very, you can go without thinking. And so I wanted to figure out, okay, what could I do next? I know I wanted to leave the corporate scene, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do next. And I know I was like, okay, well, I have these skill sets. I can do marketing. I did marketing for food companies. Like, let's see, can I apply this to other businesses? And so I just through like talking to people and just, and that's a very important thing tell people what you're interested in, what you want to do. And you'd be amazed at the possibilities that come back to you. I met this guy that a friend referred me to who had a fitness company and he built fitness equipment for like CrossFit gyms. And he's like, I need a marketing plan. I need some marketing. And I just, you know, worked with him pro bono for free just to understand like the process to see, could I help him? And I, you know, I did a marketing plan for him and I got feedback. So then I can see like, okay, are there any gaps that I'm missing that I need to work on? You know, I was doing this while I was working and able to see like, how much time did this take me? Did I enjoy doing it kind of got me over that hurdle with no pressure, no risk. That's part of, I think, the process of trying different things, putting yourself in different circles. Like I went to an entrepreneurship conference, a one day conference, just to understand like the possibilities that were out there. And that part eliminates your risk and help you to kind of get over the fear of the unknown because you start to just tap into just different things and different people that are outside of your day to day routines. Yeah, I think that's awesome advice. If we were to actually like just take a recap really quick, start off with determining how much you would 
potentially need to live per month and start saving. Yes. And then create a plan with a yes. quit date and stick to it. <laughs> yeah, stick to it so that you keep your money. Yeah, and, and to write it down makes it real. Absolutely. Because I think we think a lot about what we would like our lives to look like, what we would like to fantasize. <laughs> but it becomes yes. a reality when you actually write it down. It also creates accountability where they can actually, you know, go back and look at that. Yes. What we didn't talk about was change your perspective. That's, I think, number three on your list. It's put yourself in circles of people who are doing things you aspire to do, which taps into a little bit of the take a trial run, right? Yeah. Because yeah, like you're you said, actually networking. In, yeah, different circles. But what I like about that trial run is the fact that because we get a lot of people that say, well, I don't really have any skills and I don't know. And like you said, well, try different things <laughs> out. And I, and I actually had a conversation with somebody else and I probably mentioned it already, but when you take action, that's where you get more clarity. Yes. And I love that phrase because it always reminds me when I don't know, I just need to take action on yes. something yes. and I'll figure something out. So that just resonated. With yeah. Me. But I think that first, I like the way you have it as before trial run, you have to put yourself in circles with the people that you want to be able to learn from exactly. because you don't know where to do trial runs unless you don't have those kind of avenues yeah like for me i knew i wanted to travel but at the time i had friends that didn't want to do nothing but go to new york atlanta <laughs> and the same bs right or people and were Jamaica. like yeah 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 <laughs> But when it was time to buy the ticket, everybody went crickets. Yeah. So I sought out travel groups. I started yeah. becoming a part of a culture that worked for me because I wasn't getting it from my immediate circle. Yeah. You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources, and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. In today's age, like with Facebook groups, like you can find a group for everything. everything. So I didn't because I wasn't, I'm not on Facebook actively, but people are always referring me to, oh, this group, you can find this group to do this and you could find this group to do that. And so there's like literally no excuse. Like you can find a group for any type of anything that you want to learn, anything that you're interested in doing and just start being active and asking questions within those groups and guaranteed you'll find some clarity. I love that. So here's another thing that you talk about, which is super important because when I I was a social worker I got really burnt out and I realized I just needed a break probably didn't have to quit but in hindsight you know it is what it is I'm here <laughs> but you talk about rest and recharge because what happens is people are just going and going so can you speak a little bit more about rest and recharge and what that meant for you and how that could help a lot of people. Yeah, like it for me, it was just being able to wake up and not have to do anything, like not have to deal with my employees or fill out any forms or make a presentation. Just actually just doing anything that I wanted to do is important because again, you're I was in this lane of all these have to do's and should do's. And I felt like it just basically, I was tired. Like you said, you were burnt out. I was burnt out. I was, I was just tired and I was, was tired all the time. You like you were like you sit at a desk all day why are you tired and it's like I was mentally drained and exhausted and for me it meant leaving the country I just felt this pull to go 
to Africa and I end up going there for two months. But it doesn't always have to be. You don't have to go across the world. You can just change your environment. Every day, everyone lives in cities where there's all these things that they've never done. And so I say, like, if you wanted to go always try out this new swanky boutique hotel and go have cocktails there or go have lunch there, go do those things because those new experiences are, it's a, you know, spontaneity is like a a human need. Like you need to have some different things in your life. And taking the time to rest, you experience different things. It just helps you just to recharge. Like we go to bed every night to recharge for the next day. But if you're not getting that true rest, you don't feel recharged. And sometimes you just need to take a break from your current environment, your current situation in order to fully recharge your batteries. And that's what I found to be so helpful in this journey for me. Like I said, I went to Africa for two months and was able to just be, not focus on, you know, I didn't have to worry about money. And luckily, you know, in traveling, as you guys know, it's a lot of these countries, the exchange rate is really good. The dollar is really strong. And so you can actually live a really good life. Um, (laughs) You know, I was getting, yeah, but not a lot. I was getting massages. You had (laughs) banks. So you was living like a queen. I mean, okay. Your money done doubled. Yeah. My one year has lasted more than a year. You know, I'm still, still, because I went abroad and was able to have my expenses be so much lower, but it was just amazing to not have to worry about the things that you know normally you worry about back at home because you're in a new environment and a lot of that is again I think it's, it's financial you're not worrying about your finances it does take a lot of weight off of you and so that goes to that whole part of budgeting up front so that you can be prepared to actually take a break the take time rest and recharge I want to kind of harp on that a little bit more because I remember I can only speak for myself when I would take a day off of work I woke up late <laughs> I stayed in the bed. I barely didn't take a shower until like two o'clock. <laughs> that was my idea of rest, right? But really in actuality, it wasn't. There were times when I would get up early, go into like the Potomac and I would just walk yeah. around before the madness. I would go to the museum by myself, take myself to lunch. I realized I was in a much better mental state when I was out and about doing something that I wanted to do. Staying in the house, sleeping all day, or just taking that time to just binge and Netflix and chill, which we all do from time to time. But sometimes that keeps us in a rut. Yeah. It doesn't help your energy level. It doesn't help your creativity. It really just puts you in a a state of just being complacent. Yeah. And I think it's part of finding, when I say recharge, you have to find your chargers. What are those things that get your Mm -hmm. energy, your mood back up? And it's not, like you were saying, it's not just resting in the bed, but like what actually gives you life. And for me, it's massages and travel and eating good food and creating my own day. Again, removing the shoulds and just doing what I felt I wanted to do. It's amazing. Like, And I don't think people realize how much pressure we put on ourselves to do the things that we think we should be doing versus just doing the things that uplift you and actually figuring out what those things are and then doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. Nubia was actually just telling me five minutes ago, yeah, you need to stop working every day. <laughs> No, I seriously did. <laughs> and I, was I was like, like it doesn't feel like work. But it does. I, I literally was like, Francis, you know what? She's like, what, Nubia? <laughs> did, I, did I sound like that? <laughs> Just like that. And I'm like, you know, you've been here since April. And what have you really done? And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, no, seriously. I was like, you need to take a day, one day a week <laughs> and not work. And just take time out to do something that you want to do. Get on the bike (laughs) and ride out. 
You know what I'm saying? No, no, it's no. no she's right. One, I, I need to take a one day because I, I still have this whole like I should be doing something. Sometimes I still have that Western mm-hmm. mentality, and there are times where I just like I got to be doing something, even if it's for ten minutes. Yeah, I just gotta do it. I got to work on this real quick for 10 minutes and then I feel okay. And but then it's, I can it's not something. even that, right? Because yeah. I think people have this perception that our lives are, we're at the beach and we're drinking Mai Tais <laughs> all goddamn day. And that's oh, you're not, not our that? lives. You're not doing that? <laughs> no, girl, I oh, wish. Yeah. We still work, you know? And even outside of our work, we have other side work. Passion <laughs> projects. <laughs> and or projects and we have the podcast and we have other things, you know, going on, which create work. But with that said, I'm a firm believer of me time. Me too. <laughs> and that taps into being kind to yourself on your journey, right? Absolutely. So yes. whatever it is that makes you need that time to understand, like, I don't care what's going on. I need this time to just chill. I'm out. I, I'll be like, Chris is like, we working on, I'm like, not today. Not today. Won't I? I'll be like, not today. <laughs> and I will just go about my business because I know that it's important for me to take time and step away away from something or I'll just get lost. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to take the time to step away. And this goes right back into when you talk about establishing a new routine, because I think in general, not a lot of people have routines per se, yeah. whether it's even a morning routine or an evening routine or something that they just do kind of, cause I really am a firm believer of rituals, mm-hmm. whether it's something that really gets you back to being grounded. So can you talk a little bit about what it means to establish a new routine? Yeah. So when you're again, working in a corporate environment or in your previous environment, environment, you already know, I wake up at seven o'clock, I get dressed and I'm out the door by 745. I go to work, I grab some coffee or grab some tea, I eat, I, you know, I take some calls, I work, 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 I leave at 1230, go to lunch, I come back at 130. That's a routine, whether you admit it or realize it or not. So when you take all those things away, it's easy for the thoughts to creep in like, oh, I feel like a bum, like I'm not doing anything. And that's where you have to understand, like you're on a different journey now, you're on a different path, you get to choose how you want your day to be. And that was so amazing. Once I realized it, like, again, there's, it's almost like you're being deprogrammed because again, you mentioned like when you're, you feel like you should do something. And I challenge every time I say that word should, I challenge it. Like why, who, what, who's making me say I should do this? Why do I feel like I should do something? Is it because again, like you say, Western thinking, I need to be productive in order to be valid or, and it's like, no, I get to create my day. I've worked many years and now this is my time. And this is the season where I get to essentially do what I feel work for me. I've tried it the other way. So now let me try a new way. And so for me, establishing a routine, a new routine became helpful to help me feel productive. And it can build into my day, break, rest, doing different things. Like for me, I pretty much work on the weekends because I do enjoy what I'm doing. But usually by Wednesday, I'm like, I don't want to do anything. And it's okay. I'm like, I'm just not going to do anything. I want to just go to the beach today and relax. You know, it's been really great to have my new morning routine, which is basically wake up and a pray or meditate. Still working on the meditation thing. I just sit there for 10 minutes, but it does help. It does. That that helps sitting in silence. You don't don't even call it meditation. Just be like, I'm just going to pause for a moment. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah. And I have to say, I am guilty of being slave to technology. Yes. I roll over. My intention is to only look at the time. But then I end up seeing every message. Girl, I will spend an hour in the bed answering emails, answering, you know, messenger, answering, you know, social media. Like 
I literally had to say to myself, Nubi, this is a problem. Yeah. She'd be like, Francis, you check your phone? I'm like, nope, not nope. in the morning. Not until yeah. everything is done. I just can't get pulled into it. And that's some good discipline because it does make a difference. I was traveling with one of my friends and she has her Fitbit. And every time she's like, oh, I'm not sleeping well. I'm like, because you have notifications. Every time your watch buzzes during your sleep, it's interrupting your sleep cycle. And she's like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. And I'm like, I put my phone on silent at night. There's something you can put on your iPhone uh, grayscale. I think you can do it on the Android as well so that you're less attracted to your phone because everything's in black and white because the colors are what attracts really? you. Yeah. Uh, but mind you, I, I only put it on grayscale at night. I tried it during the day and I'm like, I can't see. I don't know what these apps are. I need the color. <laughs> but, <laughs> I do the same thing. Mine's all on do not disturb at, it, from it, yeah. 8 p.m. until 6 a.m. I will I be nothing. in the room across yeah. the way and I'm like, <laughs> Francis, check your phone. Notifications to me, I turn off all my notifications. I don't get notifications for anything. Yeah. Except maybe lying. But it really helps like in the morning. And this is something that I'm learning because I basically used to just get up and go. Like I was, my whole goal was how do I do as little as possible in the morning so that I can sleep in as late as I can so then I can just get up and go. And there is a difference when you kind of just take the time to, like I said, even meditate, I don't do it or sit in silence. It does help you just to, your mind just wakes up and you give yourself a chance to really be open to what you want to focus on for the day. And then I'll write down, I call them my daily intentions. Some people say a to-do list. But I, I found that it's helped me tremendously to have daily intentions because one helps me be accountable. But then I also see like, okay, what are the three things that I want to get accomplished today? And it's a short list. I keep it very short because again, I'm, I'm creating the life that I want now. And I don't want to have 15 things that I feel like I should do or I have to do. It's like, I'd rather do three things and be and get those things done. And then I feel productive. And then I feel like I've accomplished the things that I wanted to get done. And it's, I'm moving forward. I'm making progress i love that because um, and it, yeah no it, i've heard of this before and it's called the domino effect essentially so if you take that one thing or the top three things that can really just kind of set everything else off in motion because we tend to you know work on the things that don't really move forward really you yeah. know and so yeah, the fun yeah, stuff, the shiny yeah. object. But if we figure like, out i'll just do this real exactly quick. If, we, if we figure <laughs> out what those top three things that's going to have the biggest impact that's the thing that that's important to work on and you're right keep the list as short as possible yeah it helps it, it really does help yeah so i like the next one track your brags i'm not very good at this yes so even before i came on this to talk with you guys i was reviewing old notebooks I'm, i write things down i journal on i have notebooks that are combined between like journals and like to-do lists or in, intention and doodles and i was going back and actually looking at some of those and reviewing them and i'm like oh my gosh look at all these things that i wrote down that i've accomplished like i remember how much of uh i thought about like writing this blog post and how much just hesitance I had. I'm like, I'm not a writer. I don't know how to write. And now I look back at it. I wrote this um, almost, I guess, last year, March, April. And it seems like it's the easiest thing to do now. But by actually writing it down and see, and then being able to refer back to it, I'm like, oh, that wasn't so difficult. But we just, we just get so caught up in the doing that we forget what we've accomplished and what we, especially like, so transitioning from corporate world to, you know, entrepreneurship. I'm like, I feel like I'm starting. And I've had people tell me, no, you actually have been doing, you've been working for 16 years. You 
you have accomplishments, you have skills, you're just applying them to a different set of circumstances. And so I had to go back and remember like, oh, okay, here's all the things that I've done. I've worked on billion dollar businesses. I've had million dollar budgets. And, you know, but today I'm like, oh, you know, I'm working on a thousand dollar budget and I don't apply the skills. I don't think that I have the same skill set and I do. And so it's good to kind of like write down your accomplishments. It helps you just feel more confident and also just remembering all the great work that you're doing and that you have done. Because now you don't have those same markers of like quarterly reviews or annual reviews with your boss to let you know, to give you the pat on the back. You have to give yourself the pat on the back. Kudos. I'm trying to tell you to our (laughs) listeners, seriously, sometimes you just need to take a moment and give yourself accolades. (laughs) Stop looking for everybody else to give you validation or affirmation. Amen. I think the best thing is to understand that you are great. You have done well and you'll continue to do well. We all have that mentality sometimes that's like, I'm not there yet. It's all right. People have this misconception that you have to have a certain amount of money. You have to have a certain amount of assets like a home or car, this, any other, in order to be validated. And that's BS. Actually, most of us and people that you've heard through our podcast are extremely happily happy yeah i'm sorry i said happily (laughs) i'm leaving that in too i editing that out are more happy with the least amount of stuff absolutely you know and don't even make the whole six figure thing all the time or don't even have six figures in the bank half the time and we're living our best lives like seriously and half the time going back and forth with you exactly because half the time (laughs) we're not slave to spending 80 percent of our income just to live it's interesting because i was at work the other day and i came in i was you know happy as a clam just smile and people are like, oh, you know, you're so happy today. I was like, yeah. She's like, well, what's going on? I was like, you know, I woke up today and I was like, I have options. I have options. I can leave if I want. I can do yeah. this if I want. And I think people forget that over time we that have we have options. Yeah. And it was just a great feeling to just remember that, that literally I can do whatever the hell I want to do. Yeah, that yeah. is so true. I think, and I talk to people all the time, again, when they're asking like, oh my God, you quit your job. How did you do it? I can't do that. I would, Or they say, oh, you travel to all these places. So in the past year, I went to 10 countries. And they're like, how did you do that? How did you afford it? And I'm like, actually, every country, the only countries that I went to that were where the cost of living was anywhere near the U.S. was probably the Netherlands, Japan, and maybe Argentina. Everywhere else, it was like a third or less. And so I would tell people like the biggest thing is getting the plane ticket. And then you can find, you can live in hotels, nice hotels for under $100 a night, under $50 a night, or use Airbnb. And but people don't even realize that that's an option for them. They don't think that they have these options. And it is at any point in time, you can choose another, you can make another decision, you can make another choice. And I'm very blessed and happy that I had some people that kind of were doing it before me that made me see, oh, wow, this is a possibility for me as well. And this is and through things like this podcast, you hear people's stories and you're like, oh my God, that person is just like me. I can do it too. You know, meeting amazing people like you guys in Chiang Mai, who would have thought? And then... <laughs> 
<laughs> Although I always tell people like I connect with people for life, so um, <laughs> like, girl, you are ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I, I stay in touch. I'm the person that stays in touch because if it is true, like the universe provides, and when you are in a place you find like-minded people, they will come. And if you are open to receiving, the people are there. The support is there. When I went to Africa to start out, I was with a group of four people, and then I was by myself for a couple um, weeks, and I had never traveled alone. And since then, I'm like, it's so amazing how many different things I do alone because you're never alone. There's always someone there to talk to you, willing to talk to you that, you know, especially being an American traveling abroad or black American traveling abroad or having locks. They always want to... I'm so glad you brought up Africa again. Give us a little bit about your trip. Like what brought you to Africa? You were there for two months. So give us a little bit about what did you do? Where did you go? You just mentioned you were with four people. So how did that happen? So again, I knew, you know, I was, I think it was like maybe April of 2017. I knew I was quitting in July and a coworker that I knew kind of casually, I was on a business trip to Chicago and she mentioned that she was going on the safari and and she was like, okay, do you want to go? And I was like, I'm 50% sure I want to go. And then like then two weeks later, I was like, yeah, I want to go. I, like I said, I knew her casually. And then I knew, I didn't know the other people who had planned the safari. And so that was my entree into, I went to Kenya to Maasai Mara on the safari for, we did like five days. And then we went to Mombasa on the beat. And prior to leaving, I had signed up to do a one month co-working retreat with a group in Cape Town. And so that would be for the month of October. I mean, for the, yeah, for the month of October. And I went to Kenya in September. So I did the safari the first 10 days of September and then the group left and then I was by myself. And so I was like, okay, I stayed in Mombasa for another, I think I stayed there for another week. And then I went to Tanzania to do Dar es Salaam and Zanzibar for the next like two weeks. I stayed at Airbnbs. I stayed at hotels, stayed at resorts. It was just amazing. And I would say this, going to Zanzibar as a solo person, like, you know, I don't mind traveling by myself, but it is honeymoon capital. So really people aren't really trying to talk to you because they're on their honeymoon. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know. But the staff at the hotel, they see you by yourself and they are very, they're like, you know, they feel bad for you. And I'm like, I'm okay. okay." (laughs) I needed this. So they're always like, right. Right. I was like, I'm just chilling, relaxing, you know. They're like, are you okay? Do you need anything? They would bring me magazines while eating dinner. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. And it was it was so refreshing and empowering too to be able to kind of stand on my own and say, you know what, I'm across the world having this experience and I didn't have to wait for someone to have it with. I was able to go and do it. And it was amazing. It was like life changing. That just opens up the floor. You know, gates. sidebar. Yeah, once you get that taste, <laughs> yeah. you can't go back. That's a whole yeah. point though. Yeah. Sidebar, anyone who you know, in America, I was like, I'm single. Anyone who you would think like, oh my God, I'm a frog. You go to Africa, you like beating them off with a stick. Like, oh my God, attention. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you know, if you want to have a house, Stella got her groove back. You could definitely do that in Africa, even if it's just, you know, mentally just feeling like, oh, my gosh, I don't feel the same way in the States. So we've heard that. before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. you're very welcomed. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's what's up, though, because Africa is so beautiful. And I think that people, again, have a misconception or misconception. Well, yeah, well, they're unknowledgeable because the only thing that people see of Africa is what is like depicted on the TV or in a movie or something like that. Africa has some of the most beautiful landscape in the world. Yes. I mean, breathtaking. The sunset. Breathtaking. Oh, yes. What? The food, yeah. the wine, oh, the wine, 
the safaris. <laughs> yeah. You know, all of that is just. I gotta go. It's oh. oh, you have to. The moment I stepped off the plane, I almost cried because I was just like, "You made it to fucking Africa." <laughs> a milestone i mean even if i just put my foot outside i I could just be like i'm stepping on the motherland that's all that mattered so to do everything else was like a treat you get what i'm saying i was just happy to be on the continent yeah it's amazing i mean i I did east africa and i was posting pictures of the beaches and people were like oh are you in the caribbean i'm like no this is africa they have beaches just as beautiful there's the indian ocean like it's amazing and then i went to south africa i went to cape town i was there for six weeks you know, which it's beautiful. I mean, picturesque landscapes. And people always ask about, you know, Cape Town and, and they're like, oh, it's so pretty. And I always tell people, you know, it has a complicated history, though, that you definitely feel, you know, with apartheid only ending in the 90s. The segregation there is very real. As a Black American, I was treated very well. But it is, you know, it's a little disheartening to see how the local people are just so separate from the, the white South Africans. And, and that history there, you really mm-hmm. feel it. So as beautiful as it is and an amazing time I had, it's a little complicated. Yeah. Can I just give a fun fact about South America? What? <laughs> what? No, seriously. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, no, seriously. Let me just say it. Let me just say it. <laughs> so Nubia. <laughs> so a lot of times, some of the movies and commercials that you see that you think they're in Miami, yeah. they're actually in South Africa. Yeah. Tons of movies get shot over in South Africa because it's a lot cheaper. And you know how much it would cost a production to shut down South Beach? Right. A lot of money. Or to shut down like Collins Avenue? So they just do it in South Africa. When I was there, I seen plenty of models and people doing like commercials on the beach. And there's a huge strip called Camps Bay. Yeah, that's where I stay. It looks like Miami yeah. Beach. That's where I stay. It's it's one of the, I think it's like the second richest community in Cape Town. And I literally stayed like a five minute walk from the beach. Every day I'd walk on the beach and I was like, whose life is this? And I was like, oh my. (laughs) I went past past Charlize Theron's house. Wow. Yes. Because my friends live there and they're like, oh yeah, she jogs on the beach all the time. This is her house right here. I mean, I could have jogged by her. I mean, I walked. I didn't walk jog. I'm not a runner, but I walked. But I could have walked by her. (laughs) You sure could have. Because you know, a lot of people, they work out along the beach. Yeah. They have actual workout equipment on the beach. Yeah. It's it's really nice. Yeah, the the movie thing is crazy. Like, there's a joke that, like, every other person in South Africa is in the movie industry because they shoot so many different things there from around the world. So, like, like, everyone works in the movie industry. (laughs) Where did you go after? After After I came back home for um, two months, and then I went to Colombia, Medellin. Yeah, you said you love it over there. I did. It was amazing. So Colombia, you know, and there's a travel group called Black Expats in Colombia. And a lot of them were in Medellin and we connected with a community there. But just the people there are so friendly. I speak a little bit of Spanish and was able to essentially, I mean, learn and get more engrossed in it because most people only speak Spanish. But the people are just so friendly and like the living is easy. It's beautiful. It's super clean. You know, I was there for five weeks. I joined the gym. I lived in the beautiful condo with a friend and we just had this community within like um, five weeks she was there for two months learning Spanish I mean it's definitely a place I think we're actually going to go back at the end of January of this year but Colombia is amazing and really understanding and learning about the Afro-Colombians too because you know black people were everywhere Absolutely. It was great to see that. Yeah. Of the, all the places I went, Colombia was, you know, in my top two, I would say. Girl, the, I'm about to go pack my shit right now. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Anybody want a roommate with Francis? Because I want to go. <laughs> I 
got to go. Columbia is calling my name. I get it. I get it. Oh my gosh. My face is just smiling. My face hurts. But then we met you in Chiang Mai though. Yeah. So then I went to Argentina after Colombia and then I did like my Asia tour. So I did three weeks in Bali, I think like almost three weeks in Thailand. So of which 10 days in Chiang Mai. And we were only going to be there for a week or six days and we extended because we're like, we're having such a good time. We're meeting all these great people. We always tell people <laughs> like that. Stay. People always, <laughs> they always staying. have the same itinerary. They stop in Bangkok, they go yeah. to Phuket or Krabi and they do, they try to do Chiang Mai for like two, three days. And then next thing you know, they're extending it. it for like a week or yeah. two. <laughs> like, I don't want to leave. Because yeah. it's such I a mean, chill space. It's very easy. Again, most places in the world, people are so friendly and welcoming. And that was like, one was my biggest takeaway. And, you know, coming back to the West, and, and I like to travel like for long periods of time, like a month or greater. You know, I come back home and I'm like, I'm all friendly with everybody. And people are like, why are you talking to me? And I'm like, because <laughs> I've, been a, I've been living overseas. We're, right? we're supposed to be friendly. Talk to me. <laughs> But you know what? That's a great segue to ignoring naysayers. Because it's funny in social media, right? You see the comments and it's always the people who ain't never been on got no, no, no. Ain't been nowhere, they ain't gonna be nowhere. No, I'm just kidding. No, but it's really that, people it's, who just that barks the loudest. They haven't traveled yeah. out of the country, but they, they have haven't the experienced the biggest it. voice. Yeah, because people are will project their fears onto you, and I learned to block those. I've become really good at that. Like, I'll shut down conversations really quickly because, especially if you're in a transitional point of either like going to a new country or experiencing something, you if you're pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone then you need all the support that you can get. You don't need naysayers kind of interrupting you. Yeah, and it goes back to what you were saying, find the community because you are the sum of your five friends, essentially. And so if there's something that you want to do and those other five friends aren't doing it, well, guess what? You might have to find... I love this sentence. So it's imperative to protect your positivity during the early stages of even considering change. Yeah. Yes. Because I love that. Isn't that? That's how I live my life. But even when I moved to Thailand, I didn't tell anyone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because they'll start putting their fears. What about this? You know, the number one thing people ask you, is it safe? Is it, you know, (laughs) I'm like, when I lived in Harlem, New York, I remember going to work and I worked on like Madison Avenue and like 60th Street or something. And, you know, the people who were like, oh, you live in Harlem. Is it safe? I was like, no, I get mugged every day on the way to work. Like, what kind of question is that? Like, but and I understand where it's coming from, but I don't entertain it at all. Like, I shut it down really quick because I realized, like, again, you're projecting your fears onto me and I'm not having it. Like, nope, I know people who are there. I see people who are being successful and who are exploring. I'm not going to let your, you know, your hesitations become my hesitations. And so I have learned that that's a skill I feel like everyone should have. Always keep people around you who are going to cheer you on and push you forward versus always are giving you like watch outs. I'm, I'm very leery of watch out people. You start, oh, well, what about, I'm like, okay, it was nice talking to you. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like watch out people. Most of it think it's your parents. Bye. (laughs) I've never heard it called that. I love that. Watch out, people. We'll start using it. Be careful those watch out. You know, like, oh, well, I heard. A lot of times. Like, do you have any? Yeah. But a lot of times it's family, though, too. Yeah. And I think the fear is that you're leaving, period. And they want to as well. Some of them, they want to do it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Very fearful. Yeah. 
So yeah. It, well, the thing about it is, I try not to sound like I'm bashing the U.S. or whatever, but we're so much safer where we are than we will ever yeah. be in the states. That's, that's been <laughs> my experience down. too. I mean, we were like walking around two o'clock in the morning in our neighborhood in Colombia. And completely fine. That would I walk around here at two o'clock in the morning anywhere in the U.S.? No, <laughs> you know exactly. And the first thing that people think when you think of Colombia is what Probably. drug cartel. Yes. So they expect that it's supposed to be war, like torn and car bombs and shit. And it's like it's been cleaned up. Yeah. It's been twenty plus yes, years. Exactly. Yes. Like anything, it was. It happened at a time. The community took back the community, and that's not happening currently. Even in Kenya, when I went, because Kenya borders Somalia, and that when I went, you know, they were having elections, and people are always very leery of whenever there's political change. But I was completely fine. You know, I didn't, and I always say this: their experience is not going to necessarily be my experience, and that happens in life with people. You know, I've had bosses, and they're like, "Oh, that person's terrible." And then I work with them and I have zero issues. And so I always say, your experience is not necessarily going to be my experience. And I choose to assume the positive until I have evidence against it. Again, but I lived in New York for almost 10 years. So I feel like I'm pretty savvy <laughs> about, you know, keeping myself safe. We love all of that content that we just talked about. I think it's super helpful and everything else. Tell us just a little bit briefly about how you help businesses with your brand and marketing strategy? Yeah, so I work with smaller startup businesses who are looking for more of a foundational branding work. So maybe they have a brand, but they aren't articulating all of their brand values or their brand or their, their positioning in the marketplace. So I help them clarify that. And then from a marketing side, I help them with understanding who is their target audience, what is the pain point that they're providing a solution for, and help them build messages and marketing to speak to that audience. Love it. And we've got a taste of your stuff and it's really good. Amazing. Thank you. So, it's my journey. And I'm going to say this out loud. I wish we would have met you like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because we believe in you well, and we believe you. in your ability and your energy is infectious. Aww. And I know, seriously, you're an amazing woman. Yes. You're extremely talented and you're a positive being, which we truly, I mean, you have a light that shines, you know, light workers attract really other. do attract other light workers. For those who don't understand what I'm talking about, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, really? I have found that in the past year. I didn't even know that term. I didn't know. I feel like my light turned on in the past. I've allowed it to turn on. I had been suppressing it. It has been dim and I have allowed it to turn on. And I'm so happy people see it because I do everything from a place of love. And I'm so happy people feel it because it's genuine. I do really see the possibilities in people and I want everyone to experience this kind of awakening that I have because I would say we only have one life and how do you want to spend your time? Find those little places and those pockets of joy. It doesn't have to be something that's so big and transformational. It could be something that you just one day a week, you do something special for yourself or you work on a, you try something. You mentioned earlier, Francis, about the whole like experimentation that, and clarity by doing. And that's what I've learned. Like you just have to do and you may not know step one through 10, but guess what? You know, step one and take that first step. And then step two comes and then step three comes. And that's just how it works. And so I'm so happy to have met you guys and for having me come and talk about my biz. And I'll say this one thing about brand. Brands are living, breathing things and they can evolve and change. And so nothing is ever set in stone. You know, I'm working on my rebranding a year later and 
it's a, it continues to evolve as I evolve and I continue to figure out what do I want to work on? What are the things that I want to do? Because I'm a multi-passionate creative and that's something that I've been embracing a lot more lately. Like I do, I teach Zumba, which, you know, because I love to dance. And do yes, you? That's awesome. I crochet, <laughs> that you know, great. and I think it's finding all those ways, everything that you do, you don't have to make money from, but those are all part of what makes you you and makes your life full and do all those little things. And if you don't like it, stop. <laughs> Try something else and just, you know. Yeah, I think, yeah, I love that because I think people forget that it doesn't have to be forever. Nothing has to be forever. Nope. Girl, you can try 50 million things and it's okay. Just yeah. keep trying. Yeah. Better to try it. I mean, I've done a lot of jobs. So. <laughs> I always, we always laugh about it, but then we'll be like, wait, wait, what, what, what did you not do? Because I'm like, I used to, you know, back in the day, I used to shoot. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, you know, what? You, sometimes you have to ask yourself, what am I passionate about? And it could be anything. Yeah. I mean, I met a girl the other day that does pole dancing here in Chiang Mai. And I was like, really? pole dancing? She was like, girl. Yeah. And and most people think pole dancing, you think like strip club. But do you understand no, the upper go. body strength yes. that you need? I can't do it. That's a workout. <laughs> I had a sore back for days trying to do a pole dance birthday. What do you call that? A, like a birthday party? And I was like, wow. It's serious upper body work. It, it, it's serious. And one of the girls I traveled with, that's how she stays in shape. And when we're traveling around different countries, she will find a pole dance studio because that's her workout and she is ripped. And so, yeah, it, it, and it's something you would never think like she works in finance and she's, you know, very, but she's also on that pole. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, have fun with life. Exactly. My God, people. Yeah, stop worrying about what people would think. So, Takesha, if you could just give people just one word, or maybe two, (laughs) to just inspire them to do what it... I don't even know what I'm saying, but you know, just do what it do. (laughs) Just leave it at that. It's late. So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. Yeah, I would say it's possible. That's what I would say. Oh, I love it. It's possible. possible. Yes. Isn't that like in um, Little Annie or something? <laughs> no? You've been singing fucking musicals. I love musicals. <laughs> anyway. She was I love musicals. <laughs> so, Takesha, where can people find you? I know we mentioned the website earlier, but maybe just uh, mention it again. So, um, TakeshaHarvey.com, T-E-K-I-S-H-A-H-A-R-V-E-Y.com. Takesha Harvey on Instagram and Facebook. And then for my personal travel journeys and shenanigans, you can find me at Creative Keisha. It's Creative K-I-S-H-A. Shenanigans on Instagram. One of my words. Well, Takesha, thank you so much <laughs> for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. It's so much fun as always. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for my having sister me. Over there. Sister and girl. Yes. You, you can't get rid of me now. <laughs> nah, yeah, never. <laughs> No, you're not allowed to do that. (laughs) No, no. Long Island. Long Island. (laughs) 
Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.